the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Good day, good day. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. How are you doing? We're talking money, investing, and more. Hold on. Password got changed on me. Doot, doot, doot. That's right, Jack. Right, Jack. T. So, what a crazy week, huh? This is a week, and if we could call it a week and a Friday, six business days. So last Friday, we started seeing volatility really spike up. And last year, the number one trade was, let's go long the market and let's short volatility. There's no volatility. Everything's just kind of slowly going up. And shorting volatility is just a weird thought real quick. That's kind of like a made-up product because you don't buy volatility. It's like, let's um, go long passion. I have a new girlfriend. Let's go long passion. You, you, there's no bet. There's, there's no way really. But on Wall Street, you could actually judge volatility. You could judge like um, betas and alphas um, of a stock, of a stock index and such. So things changed uh, pretty dramatically. We had a year that it went up. Slowly but surely, and there was no volatility. And then suddenly there was some volatility. And um, I think that's to be mentioned. I think that's to be noted. I think that's to be said. So this has been a week of deleveraging. When you make a bet long the market, short volatility, you don't actually buy long the market. What you do is you buy futures that say, I think the market's going to go higher. And then when it starts to deleverage, you have to sell real stuff. And that's not easy to do when you're down 400, 500, 600, 700, 800, 900. Because you're like, ooh, when do I pull the trigger? That kind of momentum is very, very tough to pull the trigger on. Well, there's been some margin calls and things along those lines. So we didn't really have anything change. Yes, we have got the 10-year treasury uh, moving higher. And that is a story for 2018. It started in 2017, and we kind of ignored it. It was still pretty darn low. Now it's getting to the point where the bond market's starting to say, you know what? We got some bonds that are yielding low. Now that, now we can get a little bit more return, so let's sell the ones that are low. So there's kind of a shift going on there. Um, 10-year Treasury sits at 2.85%. It's going to 3 I hope it goes to three over the year and not over the week because over the week it causes too many people to get consternation and uh, not constipation, but consternation. But this market was kind of constipated it hadn't had a blowout on the downside in a while. And then when it did, it wasn't a pretty scene. So today we deal again with the markets and yesterday was a down day and today is an up day. And this is big round numbers, 160 points. And you're like, woo, 160. That's not that much. It's three quarters of 1%. Stock market participants looking for a reprieve from the selling pressure didn't get any on Thursday. We're getting it today. This should be 
about the winding down of the of the crazy deleveraging of volatility. It this should this should end this week. It, it, bottoms aren't made in one day. You have to go through like four, five, six days of selling, of letting people have that opportunity to get out. It's you know a calm and orderly fashion to the door. It's supposed to be. Major indices cascaded lower yesterday in unison. Once again, it was like, oh, here we go again. Russell 2000 down 2.9%. Dow Jones Industrial Average down 4.2%. Part of the problem was rooted in the expectation the stock market would bounce back. And that it was already over. That we had our bad Friday and Monday, and that by Thursday it should be over. But no, Thursday, um, it's like Friday the 13th. You know, you think he's down. You've hit Jason in the head with a baseball bat. You're hugging your boyfriend. And then, oh, machete goes through his chest. <laughs> it's been a bit of a nightmare for people. I love it. I love a good roller coaster. I love a good good um, horror movie. Although horror movies, I don't really like the torture porn, is what they call it. Where it's like, let's show someone's finger getting spliced open and then you know, having to pick at the bone. It's like too much for me. I don't need to pick at the bone. If you want someone jumping out from behind a corner, that's fine. But anyway, now I'm totally digressing. Part of the problem um, yesterday was we all thought it was going to bounce back. And then there was that nightmare one last time Jason gets up and we hit him in the head with a shovel. Now he's down for good, right? Don't turn your back. Uh-oh. She turned her back and now the body's missing. So what happened? Was it all a dream? So there's a de-risking going on right now tied towards volatility. Every sector has been caught up in it. Um, as with every pocket of the market, from small caps to mid caps to large caps to mega caps, everything's getting hit because when you go long the market, you're going long small caps, mid caps, large caps. You're going long the S&P 500. There was probably some forced liquidation, which is probably the most humiliating thing I could ever say. When I was 18 years old, I bought a stock, and then I bought another stock on margin because the Wall Street lets you like borrow against your own assets, uh, but you have to pay it back, and there's interest uh, rate on it. And when the market goes down, they force you to sell it quickly. And like, oh. And then you have to sell your original position, too. Oh. Getting that call from the forced liquidation desk? Embarrassing. There's a lot to pick and choose from in terms of what was behind Thursday's selling. But again, it's basically a culmination, in my opinion, of, you know, uh, January was glorious. 2017 was glorious. 2000, uh, February, not so glorious. The overall last 15 months, glorious. That's why I, I, I hate doing a show where I give the stock market numbers every day. I hate it because I don't want you focused in on that, but I'm pretty comfortable right now. China Shanghai composite fell 4.1%. All of uh, major European markets are down, but, but less, eight-tenths of a percent down to 1.2%. The opening move for major stocks uh, was positive today. Speaking of, of positive, and I don't know if this is positive because... I'm a little pissed off and you don't hear me talk politics very often, but Congress voted to pass a budget plan that would boost spending by approximately $300 billion over the next two years, provide an additional 90 billion for disaster aid and extend the debt ceiling until 2019. So it's a two year budget. So we don't have to go through this again for two years, but man, the Republicans gave Obama a lot of flack about deficits. And then when it's their turn to be president, it's like, Ooh, let's run up the deficit spending. Um, it just doesn't seem fair that, my children's children are being punished. With I know what's good and bad. A lot of debt in the future so that these congressmen could go back to their constituents and say, look what I did for you. I got extra money. I got extra money. 
I borrowed from your grandchildren. Whoops, I'm not allowed to say that out loud. Um, so it's good for the stock market and bond markets to know the debt ceiling drama will be avoided for quite a while. The deal doesn't change the market's understanding of the budget deficit and the national debt will be increasing as a result of the budget agreement. And um, I don't have anxiety tied towards the national debt, but if you ever look at the national debt clock in Times Square, it's pretty upsetting. So the stock market is desperately seeking some type of foundational basis to extinguish the brush fire of selling interest. Um, do Is today the day where we don't whoosh down at all? Or during a commercial break, do I have to come back and tell you, look, we're down, you know, we're up 200 now, we're down to break even. We want to see a slow, steady path of buyers to say this is the bottom. So we've seen record outflows from stocks this week, and that's good. You got to have some losers to make me, the winner, look better. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. One of the big stories out there today is that Amazon's going to launch a package delivery service called Shipping with Amazon. Wait, wait, wait. Don't they use UPS and FedEx and U.S. Mail? It's going to... Com- completely compete with UPS and FedEx. It's like the virus that sleeps with a host. It's going to end badly. Shipping with Amazon is expected to roll out in Los Angeles over the next few weeks and spread to other cities in the United States during the year. Amazon. Oh, how I love thee. You and your grocery delivery business, you and your kids toy delivery business, you and your TV business, movie business, music business, web services business. What else can I say? Like, companies have been pushing in new avenues of businesses. They acquired Whole Foods, and they're going to be sending out groceries daily to you. They announced some sort of joint healthcare venture with J.P. Morgan and uh, Berkshire Hathaway not too long ago. So UPS stock's down and Amazon stock, not Amazon, UPS stock and FedEx stock down on that news. Can you imagine? It's just like Amazon sitting there and almost like laughing, like, hey, what do we want to announce this week? Who do you want to mess up? Uh, let's, let's announce a healthcare initiative and let's, let's go watch CVS's stock. <laughs> so I made another $5.6 billion today. That's my Jeff Bezos impression. And I, I, you know, he actually sounds a little more like Billy Corgan than he does a Bond villain, or unless he's the Bond villain and he goes, nee, got my. A dog who is hairless. Anyway, um, other stories of note today. Good golly, Miss Molly. Stock market is officially in a correction. 10% down is a correction from your all-time highs. 20% down is a bear market. If I were a betting man, 15% is where, where this one should go. So yeah, I think we should take out some recent lows. I think we should kind of like call fill it in. Where we bounce back up and then pull back down, and bounce back up and pull back down, bounce back up and pull back down. You don't make a bottom in, in five days and then say, "Okay, everyone, let's let's." Is now a time to, good time to buy stocks? I got that email from a guy. What was his name? Something Geronimo. Geronimo. You've got mail. Is now a good time to buy stocks? And you know, he's like, with yesterday's market correction, do you think major decisions should be made on one day of buying and selling of stocks? 
he's thinking about buying some Amazon, Microsoft, Comcast, J.P. Morgan, and Cisco. Those are all great names. You're going to hold them for 5, 10, 15, 20 years. If you can hold them for, if you think the bottom has been put in, I don't know. You know as much as I do. I, I tend to like to see, a, a, like I said, a hit a bottom, bounce off of it, go up a little bit, go back and test that bottom, go back up and, and then go back down and test that bottom, and, and then you've put in a bottom. Otherwise, what you've done is you're, you're buying a dead cat bounce, and then it's going to become a falling knife again. Maybe. I don't know. Who are these people that know? Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Big year for orange juice. I know it's funny because it's a big year for, wait for it, wait for it, that virus that's sleeping with a host. So the flu. So oddly enough, people are rushing out and buying orange juice. Orange juice does nothing to stop the flow. Nothing. Vitamin C does nothing to stop the flow. But that's fine. Expedia is undergoing a painful but necessary transition at this point in time. Wow. Do you remember when 20 years ago you would actually go see a, a, a travel expert? You'd sit in their office and then sit on their computer and then come up with a itinerary for you. Love. Yes. Exciting. The love boat. And you could have possibly figured it out on yourself. Next week, ski week in California. And I haven't figured out what I'm doing for vacation. Um, but I probably won't be here for a large part of the week. Um, just say so you now. I might do some updates online and things like that. But um, my my major thought here is something along the lines of I got to do some internet research. And I'll, I'll probably start with like something like an Expedia. So ski week's great if you've got snow. And I don't know if I'm willing to fly to vancouver canada for snow or maybe i'll go to whistler or maybe i'll say you know go to southern california or mexico or something like that i'm not sure but i like taking breaks i like getting out of the area so expedia has invested heavily in marketing and technology leading one analyst to believe that it's making a painful but necessary transition in order to improve its profits that's pretty interesting that they start thinking about it because they're kind of the middleman right between the hotel and you and they get a cut. And how do you improve margins when you're getting minimal? And Hilton, for instance, the hotel company is like, you will get the absolute lowest prices if you go to our website. You don't need to use Expedia. Um, so Hilton's gone out of their way to say, we don't want to pay the middleman because then we're not making that money. Expedia uh, shares are plummeting following a quarterly earnings report that missed expectations. Um, Expedia stock down 15% in one day. Ooh, what have you put in your order yesterday? And you're down 15% in one day. Doesn't it suck when your $100 turns into like $85 or your 1000 turns into... It's like, it, it stinks, right? It doesn't feel good. So Expedia is investing in new hotel inventory and hot markets, new new products with improved customer support and accelerated execution innovation. And that's all in the face of VRBO, and that's all in the face of uh, Airbnb. So over the past several months, uh, they've made some organizational changes. They're trying their best at this point in time to figure out how do we stay relevant. It's those darn millennials um, that keep changing the business model and how they want to vacation and how they want to live their life. It is not an easy thing figuring out where the ball is bouncing towards. But that's the thing I love about what I do is I do um, get to sit here and um, chillax and study and research and stay on top of things as best as I can. 800 1220 to get your calls in there. 50 Shades, the new uh, 50 Shades movie, which I guess they come out on Valentine's Day for whatever reason. 
for the women that don't have boyfriends or dates that can hang out with other women because no good standing man in the man club is going to go see that movie. <laughs> Getting horrible reviews. The best thing I could say about it is at least that trilogy's over. It's like The Hobbit. I didn't want it to end. Lord of the Rings, I didn't want it to end. Game of Thrones, I don't want it to end. I couldn't wait for Fifty Shades to end. Oh, so the stock market's dropping. What do you do with your money now? And today, is it up? Is it down? Doesn't matter. We're kind of in a volatile period, and it's a transition period. Um, The average person investing for retirement shouldn't do much. The best thing you can do is to keep your money invested and perhaps even invest more. But come up with a list of things that you would want to buy if it falls further. Come up with a list of things that are too risky for you if it bounces up. Um, You want to start making a plan for sure, but not start pulling the levers. You kind of want to see what is each lever is, is, is labeled. So if you've got some REITs that you want to get rid of because we're moving into higher rates, write down when the market rallies, I want to sell these puppies. And if you've got you know an Amazon that you want to buy when the market falls, write down that you want that. So have a good shopping list in your head and don't panic. So I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. How are you handling this correction? Is it getting to you? Is it too much for you? That's a good time to go to a professional investor if you're having problems. Um, and if you're having problems making commitments and if you're having problems sleeping, you know, I don't have problems sleeping over money. I've got problems sleeping over other issues. Like what does retirement look like for me and how crowded and how dense the Bay area is becoming. And again, it depends on where you live and everything for sure. Um, but I don't have problems sleeping. That's for sure about the stock market. Got a big event coming up, the Retirement Income Strategies and Estate Planning Seminar on March 8th, Crown Plaza Hotel, Foster City. It's been a while since I've done a Foster City event. Really close to Visa 92, and it's a good location. It's kind of close to San Francisco, kind of close to San Mateo, San Jose. So, And even if you're on the East Bay, you can jump on the bridge and come on over. Retirement planning is more complicated than ever. It can be hard to even know where to begin, but focusing on a few essential issues can help increase your income in retirement and your chances of enjoying a secure future. It's March 8th. Um, it's going to be a pretty full event, I would imagine, with a recent market correction. So sign up today at Rob Black Show, robblackshow.com. Use the code RADIO25 to get in for absolutely free. And uh, I hope to see you there. Um, I may do a break-in session where we talk about stock markets and the economy and um, investment ideas before the event starts at 6.30. So I may do that like at 5.45. I'm not going to do a breakout session because I want to go home and go to bed. Sorry. (laughs) I like you and all, but I like my sleep even more. Silicon Valley is going through a crazy little thing. Remember um, when we first started seeing the internet and it's like some of the services that were being created? Maps, kind of awesome. Restaurant review is kind of awesome. You can think of MapQuest and Yelp and um, different ideas like that. And then you got into home delivery with companies like Webvan and 
you can order pet food online from pets.com to the point that pets.com had a commercial in the Super Bowl. Do we need our groceries brought to our home? They open the door and leave it for you. Do we need that? Or is it just kind of a, it makes our life a little bit better. I think a lot of the services that we see out there makes our lives a little bit better. So when I tell you this, this is going to make you giggle. It's going to make you snark. It's going to make you smile. There's a guy out there named Danny Reamer. He learned that an online sneaker marketplace called Goat was looking for investors. Goat, greatest of all time. Tom Brady is the goat. Did you know that Tom Brady is in the bobsledding event this year for the Winter Olympics? He's awesome. I know. You'll see him in the opening ceremonies tonight. He's all oiled up and he's shirtless like the guy from Tonga. So I know, I know. But if you want to get your Nike Air Jordans and your Adidas Yeezys, how do you do it? So Danny Reamer is like, hey, if someone wants to sell online sneaker place, I'll jump in. Because it's become quite clear that this is big business. How big of a business? Apparel is shrinking in how much we're paying for clothes. Shoes are spiking. $65 billion total footwear market. Apparel sales are struggling overall. But the sneaker market is thriving and booming and busting. Now, I find that funny. Because I oftentimes, I laugh at... I, I, in, the, in the Me Too movement, this is not the coolest thing to say. But... I'll give an invest. I'll, I'll go to a conference and like I do the new teachers every year in Southern California. It's a good teaching conference. And, uh, I'll, I'll start, you know, how many of you got iPhones? You see how many people raise their hands and ha- okay. Keep your hands raised. If you have an iPhone and how many of you have a pair of shoes that are over $300 and they'll raise their hands. I'm like, all of you are, are financially retarded. And that's like a politically incorrect thing to say, but retarded is, it means to not grow. Right. Mentally, you don't grow. Flame retardant, the flame doesn't grow. So you get the idea. So financially, you're not going to grow. These are teachers. Do you know how much teachers make? Spit twice in your hands, and it's that's how much they make a year. And they're buying $300 pair of shoes and $600 phones? Holy mackerel. So I don't get it. And then I, my next line, it's meant to be a joke, but now it's terribly, terribly offensive. I go, men never don't, we don't even look at your feet. Sorry, like we stopped right around the necklace line. So get a nice necklace. Yes, earrings are awesome. Shoes we don't care about. Now, that's not true because clearly at $65 billion, the footwear market has kind of got a fetish going on. It's a category Amazon hasn't devoured yet, although Amazon has made relationships with Nike and others. In the last three years, venture capitalists have thrown $300 million plus at 20 footwear startups where they promised to make shoes online, shopping for shoes online easier. Now, again, like when you heard that Zappos was selling shoes online and Amazon buys Zappos, they've got a great product. And you can even print out a piece of paper and size your shoe. That's pretty cool. Rothy's in San Francisco sells $125 flats made from discarded plastic water bottles. Offering comfort to the eco-conscious. Oh, Luxury. My, my, my. Oh, my, my, my. I do like wearing my plastic footwear. Um, Luxury craving layabouts can opt for $140 suede slippers with leopard print tassels from birdies. Stance is targeting punks and poets who consider socks the latest vehicles for hipster self-expression. Um, you want wool, wool socks and wool sneakers? All birds has them. So there's all these little companies out there who are throwing big money in it. Try to like figure out how to sell you shoes. Footwear. Footwear is a growing market. 
know, Tom Brady loves his Uggs, right? He'll probably have his Uggs on tonight when he's going down the luge in the bobsled um, at the Winter Olympics. And I, I know he's in curling, too. He signed up for at least two curling events. He's the sweeper. All right, all right, all right. So GOAT stands for greatest of all time, and it says it gets 15 million visits a month. It's a marketplace selling new and used sneakers. Used sneakers. Mostly must-haves from Nike and Adidas. Now, okay, I've got a friend who works at Nike, and Nike does this thing where they, they let employees like take home sneakers. Like once a month, they'll put them out, and you can grab what you want kind of thing. I, I don't know. I went into his house in Portland, Oregon, and I'm not kidding you. I'm not kidding you. I'm not kidding you. He has a closet of 300 pairs of sneakers. Like, this is something you would imagine from Sex in the City. The girls from Sex in the City and, like, how many shoes do they have? He has 300 pairs of Nikes. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. Now, I have two pairs of Nikes. I alternate my shoes every day. Um, for smelling reasons and for durability reasons. But Goat takes 12.4% commission on each sale. They make 12.4% on every time they sell you sneakers. And these are $1,000 sneakers. Um, wow! That's a good business. Amazon sells a lot of shoes, $3.7 billion in worth last year alone. So shoes are an area of growth. Now, in an economy that's in a recession, an economy that's in pullback, what do you do? What do you do? When, when we're, we're going to hit ahead of recession sooner than later, right? Not this year, probably next year. That's negative growth for two quarters in a row on GDP. We're going to spike this year because of that tax plan. We're going to spike. But then we're going to probably hit a recession in 2019. And you'll once again feel what a recession feels like. And if it's not 2019, it'll be 2020. And at that point in time, I'll say, look back. I said it correctly. I said it with 2020 insight. eBay, um, they purchased StubHub. They think the sneaker marketplace will grow to rival secondary ticket prices. Can you imagine? So there are areas of growth, even when there are areas where GDP goes down. As someone once famously said, there's a, uh, there's a, there's a what? There's a bull market, even inside of bear markets. There's a bull market somewhere is the idea. So Barstool Sports is getting a lot of press right now. They are 100% editorialized by one person. And Barstool Sports admits they have a sophomore take on sports. And they are eating ESPN's lunch. ESPN just brought lunch to work, put it down, turned their back, and Barstool Sports is eating it. And Barstool Sports, they're appealing to millennials. They're appealing to people who don't want serious sports news. And ESPN kind of like became, we are super serious. Let's talk about the best quarterback of all time. And Barstool Sports will go, man, did Tom Brady look like a sissy when he showed up at the Super Bowl. It's totally editorialized, and it's totally fresh, and it's not serious. And I was trying to watch ESPN the other day, and they're just yelling at each other. You know, Cavaliers this, and they're just yelling at each other. So uh, the Barstool Sports guy... He, as he travels, he'll go to Chicago to do a, a game and he'll go to New York to do a game. He has this thing where he eats one bite of pizza and he reviews it right there. And then he asks you, the reader, to do the same thing. So he's trying to make it social. He's trying to involve you. He's trying to challenge you. He's trying to make fun of how serious sports is. Or that was a great game. That was all offense. Who doesn't love all offense? Something ESPN would never say. Not trying to technically break it down, but... 
again, this is a company that has a hundred million dollar valuation at this point in time. It's going to grow because they want to get into bars. They want to get into apps. They want to get into news. They want to get into other events, tasting pizza. That's the way to be thinking right now. That's a fresh take on media. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. So yesterday I did a big Facebook Live update. I thought it warranted it with another crazy day. I'd like to get to doing that three to five times a week. I think it's a great way to distribute content without having to drive and put on a suit. Yes, I did the update topless. Like the guy from Tonga. Well oiled up. Very funny. Okay, I didn't. But you get the idea. Um, with that said, what else do I want to throw out there at you? Um, Valentine's Day is coming up. I have no advice on that. I've blown that one so many times. If running and hiding in a cave for 24 hours is an option, let it be an option. Dilly dilly is what I have to say about that. Um, Olympics. You know, the Olympics, it's strange. A lot of horrible things happened during the Olympics. Uh, Bear Stearns, the Lehman Brothers went out of business. Um, the Greek disaster where they basically devalued um, during the Olympics. And is it, it's just a coincidence. There's nothing there, right? You got to tell me there's nothing there. NBC is going wall-to-wall coverage with a very, very Caucasian sporting event, the Winter Olympics. Shani Davis, speed skater, is upset that he doesn't get to carry the flag. He happens to be African-American. They decided who got to carry the flag by a coin toss, and he's like, yeah, yeah, so much for this Black History Month thing. America had a chance to do it right at the Olympics giving an african-american athlete a flag come on you can do better than that and they got to give it to someone else they just I, I get michael phelps but michael phelps isn't in the winter olympics i get it um shiny davis is an olympian gold medal winner uh multi-times give the guy the flag so anyway i'm about olympic out already <laughs> it hasn't even started I watched it a little bit last night. Oh, my God. The guy from San Jose, he fell. Oh, he was our best chance. You've got to be kidding me. I know. I know. I watched men dance on ice last night. It's embarrassing to admit, but yes. That's terrible. And I'm already burned out, like I said. So there's a depreciating dollar. And if there looks like any smoking guns out there in the last year, as our economy was improving, our dollar should have got stronger and it was getting weaker. Relative strong U.S. yields are not lifting the falling dollar. Investors are ditching the dollar, favoring emerging market yields and global equities. The dollar downturn, it may soon reverse because of the strength of the U.S. economy that's expected from the tax cuts. U.S. dollars index slide to three-year lows has caught many off guard, playing out despite interest rate differentials favoring the greenback. So there's stronger global risk appetite going on right now. And that could be the smoking gun that we should have noticed was a bit of a problem out there. Goldman Sachs is trying to build a portal, which is actually pretty darn cool. Goldman Sachs is 150 years old. They're trying to build a portal for the average man. Now, 20 years ago, if I were to tell you Goldman Sachs 
were to try to reach out to Main Street, it's laughable. Like their clients started at a million plus dollars. The bank has been rapidly expanding services for Main Street consumers in the past two years under its Marcus brand. The bank was reported to be in talks with a company called Clarity Money, which is a startup that uses artificial intelligence to help you cancel unwanted subscriptions, stay under budget, and keep on top of your investments. Subscriptions are killing people. I'll tell you, man. It's, you know, on my phone, I'm like, ooh, I'm going to get the crossword puzzle subscription. And then it automatically keeps you in. Ooh, I'm going to get the meditation subscription. It's just 50 bucks for a year. That's not bad. I, I like to meditate at night when I'm falling asleep. And then I'm going to get cable TV subscription. And then I forget, oh, I forgot to cancel the New York Times one. I don't use that one anymore. So having a app go through and tell you, it takes a look at your credit cards and says, oh, you've got recurring things. And uh, it'll help you cancel it for you. Yeah, that's a good one. It is a good one. Um, so the bank's trying, Goldman Sachs is trying to do something for the masses. And I think that's a good thing because there's been a lot of these startups, whether it be Robinhood or Acorn, or um, who else am I trying to learn best? Uh, Betterment. They can solve some problems, but not all problems. And Goldman Sachs is trying to take a bigger picture for people. Um, and they're going to expand very, very quickly when they pull this off. So keep in mind, uh, Goldman Sachs has already put together some advertisements for the Marcus platform, where it's looking at your credit cards and issues along those lines. For instance, I was looking at my credit card. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.